My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me as podcast producer yet again, yet again, is my husband, Pat Dodson. How are you? Hello, Pat Francis. Honey. Whoops. Well, my real name is Dodson. Who are you? I don't <laughs> which, know. Which husband? I'm an enigma. <laughs> you are. Good morning, honey. Hi, good morning. Good morning. We, we just got through a crazy Thanksgiving where we had a house full of people. Oh, oh you're projecting into the future when this will actually be t- be airing? You're doing that thing? We, we, I think we should start Are you over. pretending? When, when this airs, it'll be after Thanksgiving, oh, yeah. so that's what I'm doing. Okay, well, I think that's Okay, that's right now we have a full like house full, uh, full of yes, people. Yes, we have a house full of people. But when this airs, we will not. <laughs> Thank you, Pilar, for theater of the mind. <laughs> Look, I'm not into pretending, man. No, no, no. uh-uh. We have, we have two guests here that actually know how to do this right, how to, how to take fact and merge it with fiction and create a story, because clearly we do not. We've got with us um, Jane Edith Wilson. Hello. Hello. And Grace Lee. Hello. Hello. And they are uh, fantastic storytellers and filmmakers. Uh, Jane Edith Wilson, an actress as well. Yep. And Grace Lee, have you always been a director or have you... Um, producer, director, producer, writer. Producer, director, writer. And the reason that I asked them on, besides being creative, wonderful people, is uh, to talk about a project that recently rocked the world and it's called uh, Janine from Des Moines. And uh, I, I'd love for you guys just, just to talk a little bit about it so that people can, can understand what kind of film that it was and is. Okay. Um, so this is Grace. Uh, this Janine from Des Moines is a hybrid film um, about a conservative Iowa housewife whose personal and political convictions are put to the test as she confronts Mitt Romney and the Republican presidential candidates on the campaign trail in Iowa leading up to the 2012 presidential election. So um, it's a story about a woman, basically a Tea Party patriot, someone who wants to take America back from Barack Obama and, you know, Obamacare. You know, she wants to defund Planned Parenthood. She wants to, you know, restore America to the values that she knows and loves. And she's going to do it by finding a leader to take him back. Um, And just to continue a little bit, you know, what we did was uh, we combined a story where a fictional character, Janine from Des Moines, played by Jane. Who is, we should add, politically is probably completely to the left of Janine from Des Moines, okay? Because anybody who just Correct. heard your, your description is probably going, oh, man, what, what? Yeah. You know, we have to, you know, let's, let's let everybody know that the character she was playing is very right. different from your own political beliefs. Right. It's interesting, very different politically, very much on the opposite end of the spectrum for me politically, but I am actually originally from Iowa, mm-hmm. and I'm actually a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I just happened to be a very progressive person. So uh, it was easy to tuck into that world because I was raised in it and, and, and understand it and can kind of move around it pretty easily. And I, I, I cut you off as far mm-hmm. as the, the kind of storytelling that, that you 
engaged in to well, do this? We made this film because we were interested in starting a conversation about where we are politically as a country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both come from the Midwest. I'm from Missouri originally, Jane's from Iowa. And we wanted to tell a story that sort of um, explored the Janines of the world and where, you know, how, how she... How she would what what would ha- what would happen to her if she had to confront many of the contradictions in her life? You know, so often we go around, especially on the you know in Los Angeles or on the coast, where we think you know who are these people in the middle of the country that you know consistently vote against their own self interest? And we wanted to really explore um, through a character and a story what this woman would have to do if she were to confront those those contradictions. And so so you went to Iowa during the caucuses, Mm -hmm. and that's where you filmed. We filmed actually for about nine months leading up to the caucuses. We started the spring before the Iowa caucuses, spring of 2011, and uh, then we went back in the summertime, and we were there for the Iowa Straw Poll and the Iowa State Fair, and then we were back for a longer period of time, the, the week leading up to the caucuses. So we were there for actually three filming periods. So here's this here's this fictional character Janine mm-hmm. who really wants answers. I mean, I think one thing that I thought was so engaging about her as a character, she was incredibly sympathetic and she was just somebody who w- knew that she wanted to vote it within her party and all she was doing was trying to pick the right candidate for her. And she happened to be going through these personal things as she was doing that. So into her world comes the real presidential candidates at that time, and they ended up in your movie. Can, can you talk a little bit a- about that? Sure. Well, you know, it's, it had to be a very fluid process because we didn't know who would rise to the top, who would fall away, you know, along, along the road. I mean, the very first time we went to this Faith and Freedom Coalition event in March of 2011, Buddy Romer was there, Herman Cain was there, um, Tim Pawlenty was there. Uh, by the time the straw poll happened, the day after the straw poll, Tim Pawlenty went out. That's when Rick Perry came in. He hadn't even been in the game yet. Uh, by the time we came back for the caucuses, Herman Cain was gone. It was interesting, you know. So, But uh, along the way, we just tried to have as many moments as we could possibly have with the candidates, especially the ones who were becoming the more top-tier candidates because we wanted her to really try and get some answers about some very uh, specific things that were happening in her life. Probably most pointedly, she she faces uh, a health care crisis and uh, simultaneous to her husband losing his uh, job and their health care. And that becomes, by the time the caucuses come around, that becomes something that's really pressing for her. And she starts to really press all the candidates that are, are in it to win it at the caucuses about that issue specifically. And, and uh, I'm sure... You didn't know that you were going to capture all these people, but you did end up, or I should say Janine, did end up directly asking questions of specific candidates that, that got on film. Um, who are, Michelle who are Bachman. Michelle Bachman. Um, Romney. Who else? Well, those, are the, those are the two Newt biggies. Gingrich, Newt Gingrich. Rick, Rick Santorum. Santorum. Were, wow. you, were you guys... Uh, Rick Perry's wife. Rick I couldn't Perry. get to Rick Perry. Were you guys... Afraid, uh, when you set out to do this, did you... Did you have any, did you think well, if we don't get any FaceTime with with the candidates do we still have a movie here or did it really was it really dependent on it was dependent on it having was dependent. FaceTime with candidates yes. I mean when we first came up with the idea all we knew um, before we set out was here's Janine here's this character and 
the last thing that happens in the film is she's going to have a breakdown with a candidate at the Iowa caucuses. And so that was really the whole movie, sort of leading up to that moment. And so it was really important to lead up to that, not only with this, we have scripted mm-hmm. scenes mixed along with um, these sort of improvised scenes, but we needed to have that big moment with a candidate. So and it was kind of nerve-wracking. Which you did. You got, you got <laughs> Mitt Romney, and you ended up, Janine ended up saying to him very, very... Uh, authentic, and and you know you were in her in her mind, and you were representing actually all of America when you said you know, can you help us right? Mm-hmm. And this moment was so genuine that it was caught by ABC right. and Diane Sawyer right mm-hmm. was reporting on it, and made national news, and this is where it gets bumpy for some media people because you know they've there's there's been all kinds of opinions about this right? right were you punking abc but you grace were were mentioning this is political theater you know it's all right. political theater right yeah you no know, i found something very interesting about that cnn interview is that not a single person you know was a panel of five of them kind of grilling us and they were none of them in a terribly good mood about our film uh, no. roland martin to a certain degree I thought got a, got a kick out of it, but he never said another word. After he said, oh, they punked you know, Mitt Romney, that was it. They never let him talk again. They just kind of piled on at that point. But not a single person on that panel had watched the film. Mm-hmm. And there's, there is usually with our, with our film, there's a big drop-off between people's ideas of what they're going to see because it's been like, oh, mockumentary, Borat-like, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it was really important to us when we approached this film that it not be a big joke, that it not be a big cartoon character i mean i think i would not have been able for nine straight months to seamlessly move amongst those crowds of people and all those candidates and all those handlers and never ever be have for a second anybody suspect that there was something wrong if if i had been a big cartoon character or it had been some big joke i think at a certain point somebody would have said she doesn't something seems hanky here i don't think yeah to speak to the punking question again um, I think people aren't used to seeing this kind of combination of scripted and unscripted uh, elements. And so I think it is easy to try to put it into some kind of category, like whether it's more like a Borat or it's like, um, you know, punked or something like that. But in fact, you know, we just have a character sort of moving about in the real world and nothing that she does. She never actually engages you know, she doesn't try to actively entrap a candidate. You know, a candidate. We've had some people say, "Isn't this just like the 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 um, James O'Keefe trying to take down Acorn or something like that?" And and I think for us, none of the candidates or nobody in the film says anything that they don't actually believe and aren't saying in a public forum. You know, as they're running for president. So. Okay, so when I when I watch the movie, mm-hmm. like when you talk about Borat, like I don't think a person like Borat really exists. But when I watch this movie. I do know that people like Janine from Des Moines exist and would ask the same questions that Jane Edith was asking the candidates. So in that way, I don't think it was duping anyone at all. Right, because because this could have been something that one of their constituents yeah. was asking. And so so they weren't led to a certain answer. Right. And, you know, and in their defense... I think that all of the candidates were trying very hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was a, a They're fair... They're performing, too. They mm-hmm. are performing because they have to... Look, there's cameras everywhere. That's why you guys blended in. They know that they're constantly being caught. So whether it's on in the news or in a fictional film, and you didn't slant their answer. You didn't edit them. Right. You then took that information that Janine 
needed, and it furthered her story. So that's what I'd like to get to, because that's really mm-hmm. the in- interesting... Right. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting well, you. It is, well, I was going to say, a punking to me would have been, uh, after you, when you're at the table with Michelle Bachman, then you say, ha-ha, I'm not <laughs> this person. I'm a free-thinking Democrat, and ha-ha. You know, right. and there was, at, no, at no time did that type of punk style anything happen. Yeah, so. as a bleeding heart liberal myself, I was like, I think she's being too sympathetic. You know, for, for, for as, at first I was well, like, you know, it's, inter- it's interesting because she's so charming. She is. She's Janine charming is, is and wonderful. she's extremely beautiful. She's talking about Janine. You're oh, Michelle. Michelle no, I'm talking about, you're talking about Michelle. Uh, no, oh, no, I was no, talking, about talking about Janine. Janine. But, okay. yeah, Michelle <laughs> was, was charming, talking about too. Myself that way? That'd be they were, with a pack of charming ladies, just say that. They yes. were both gorgeous. <laughs> well, I think, I think Michelle Bachman, actually, my gut feeling when I was sitting there as Janine talking to her, there's something very, very attractive about her and very charming and very engaging. Even though she's talking word salad, she doesn't, she says to me, like, if you step back from it, you know, there, there are certain moments in the film that are just, just leap out at me every time I've ever seen it of, of you know, when she says, well, you know, to have, to have health care, you've got to have a job. And, you know, that's just something we accept. We just accept that concept, you right. know, and every and it's just it seems like a very seamless moment. But Janine has been so uh, she's just such a polite person. She would never say in a million years, you know, I don't I barely work and my husband doesn't work. When when have we ever needed health care more in our lives yeah. than right now? Yes. You know, and that's I, I, I think it's it's the poignant moments for me come from what's almost not said in the film that a moment hangs there in the air of like this is how this is the game we're playing this is how i feel this is what i'm set up to accept as a citizen and we move on but i think it stacks up on her it's stacked up on me as an actress to just keep hearing the same empty answers one candidate after the next so that's where the story comes in and Mm -hmm. that's that is what i want to talk about yeah okay is the storytelling process because you're right without the context it is a one-off, okay? Mm-hmm. But in context, we're seeing it in the context of this fictional character getting answers that she needs because of a crisis in her life, and that is the story you're telling. So I'm really interested in your outlining process going in. Uh, Grace, you mentioned, yes, you wanted to make sure that these candidates got involved in the story, that they were going to be part of your storytelling process. But tell me about the overarching arc that you had for Janine, how much scripting you had, what 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 was your process script-wise before you went into actually putting a camera on Janine? Well, it was, I, I, I would describe it sort of as like a crazy quilt where you have an idea of the different materials you want to use and the different, you know, which are the issues we wanted to tackle, but then the the personal issues in her life and where she comes from, who she's married to, her her family life and things like that, how things are going to fall apart in her life, how they will affect those members of her family, um, and then just see what we end up capturing, what issues are at hand by the time this entire year has rolled by, and how we can weave them all together or sew them all together. So um, it's we, very similar to making a documentary. Okay. Because you don't know what you're going to have at the end. I mean, we sort of knew that, you know, Jean would have this, hopefully have this breakdown um, at the Iowa caucuses with a candidate. And then when we got it, then it was this sort of process, even though we had sort of um, outlined from the beginning what her character was and what was going to happen to all of the different threads in her life with her family, work life, um, and church. We didn't know how it was actually going to be put together until, like a documentary, you actually rewrite it again in the editing process. And so, so yes, yeah, so 
that and then we once we figured out here's the connective tissue we need to 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 make this aspect of her life more make more sense in the storyline we wrote scenes with her and her church lady friends we wrote the scenes with her and her work cohorts um the scenes with her and her husband you know as their marriage starts to fall apart and then you know basically we do a draft run it past each other then we you know and then when you get to shooting then there's always those magical moments where you know you just something gets improvised or you know just say it faster or let's let's you know condense this down or whatever those you know those moments and then once again like she said in the editing process we we overshot some of those interior scenes and those got way uh, edited down and then another layer is the voiceover uh uh writing you know of uh, the moments where i'm wandering with uh, through my life and speaking over and to me those are some of the most profound moments in the film are the scripting of those voiceovers because and and you have and the judiciousness of how often you use them and let the storytelling just happen by watching it i mean it was just a very interesting process to see how it all sort of came together now did the voiceover get written written after the scenes were shot because that would help tell the story yes it was in the edit the editing process was very quick but it was very interesting in that we have scenes but we're also trying to kind of make this it's a it's a fictional story but it's got these real elements you know and how do we sort of stitch them together like you said a quilt is a great analogy um and sometimes you just need a little uh, just a little bit of voiceover just to sort of keep you going through um you know keep you with the character keep you in her state of mind sometimes you can achieve it from existing dialogue that exists you know from when we were shooting but oftentimes i think the real connective tissue is those voiceovers that we were writing you know while we were editing and the great thing about having such a small um crew and and you know such a <laughs> abbreviated process is you know we could call jane from the editing room and say hey could you just say this and like send it over you know and then we would stick it in and then if it didn't work we would adjust the lines and and keep going that way so the documentary look of it also helps as far as the 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 tone and the budget right like you can oh, yeah. you can basically go like look everybody knows we're going to see microphones we're going to see cameras that's part of the story that we're telling yeah i don't think we could have told the story any other way i mean coming from low budget documentary filmmaking which i've been doing for many years um no i knew that getting into the mind of janine and sort of stri- you know putting these weird you know scenes together some scripted some improvised would require you know the you know it's not a cheat but it's really like just the the um strategy of using voiceover would be really important now now i think that's so you've got like three levels right you've got the documentary style you've got this scripting and you've got the improv now you have lots of background in in improv jane so uh when it came to those those moments what would what was happening with your brain (laughs) well you know it's an interesting thing um i'm um i'm not one of those groundling people Uh i i never did anything that was like a funny improv uh tract i guess as far as my training but I know people love to make fun make fun of it. But I studied Meisner technique when uh-huh. I was in acting school, which we always have a joke with Jimmy Pardo that it's Randy Meisner technique. So you <laughs> take it to the limit anyway. I just, that's 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 a little side joke that's on another part, another podcast. <laughs> but anyway, um, but no, it's Sanford Meisner. So, but um, can you but, explain and, a little bit yes. about because I, I know Bas- it, but but everybody yes. out there who doesn't basically act, what well. you do is you do these extremely layered improvisations, mm-hmm. but they're not towards a joke they're towards learning how to listen and respond with another actor and 
I, I just think it's one of the greatest techniques you can study acting with. I, it, it's it, especially if you're taught well, you really learn a lot about staying in the moment and basically everything you need in a scene. They will say in, in Meisner. I mean, many acting teachers will say this, but everything you need in a scene is in the eyes of the person you're doing your scene with. So if you're staying clued in to the person you're improving with, there's, you can't lose. So that quite often would happen to me where I would, you know, I mean. I walk into a diner and Michelle Bachman says, can I buy you a cup of coffee? And then she puts the coffee in front of me and I sit down and I'm having a, you know, a 10 minute long coffee clatch with Michelle Bachman. (laughs) It's like my dearest wish in this, as far as making the film, but I have to stay fully present. I have to, you know, I had that out of body experience for about a microsecond. And every time I watch the film, I can tell you exactly what it happens if you're watching it. I go, this has been one of the hardest years ever. And you can see, like, I can't even get my voice to come through, but then... There's also that thing they teach you in acting school, which is if you're nervous in a scene, who's to say a character is not nervous? So mm-hmm. just use it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so then you just have to go, what's she lobbing at me? And we'll just lob back and forth like a tennis match here. And, you know, like um, when I was waiting for uh, my moment with Mitt Romney the very last day, while I was sitting in the audience, it was almost as if Mitt Romney was emotionally prepping me for that scene because he was like, you know, it causes depression, you know, to be laid off from work. It causes depression. It causes families to fall apart and loss of faith. And everything Janine is going through, he's talking about. So then, you know, it's good to have the motivation of what do I want to say to him? What do I want to say to him? Rather than just the, I better get him for our movie. So as I'm wandering through the crowd, I'm thinking, I want to say to him, everything you talked about is what's happening in my life right now. So when I finally make contact with him and grab his hands, that's the first thing that came out of my mouth. And it's a good jumping off point because it's very organic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's necessary for our film. If any candidates ever for a second thought I was BSing them, I think we'd be sunk. Right. So. Right. What, um, from a production standpoint, did, to get uh, access and to be able to film uh, the candidates and use that footage in your film, how was that done? Was it just... Um, well... Are you allowed to use them in your film? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing is, they're public figures running mm-hmm. for the president of the United States, so we don't have releases from them. Okay. But we, you know, we are completely, you know, we consulted with a lawyer from the very beginning, right. and that's sort of fair use. You know, public speakers, public figures in public situations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and nobody has ever come against, come back with right. us. You know, did you need press passes or any anything? We didn't to, need press passes. Nothing. No. That's great. I mean, the thing is, the Iowa caucuses. We knew were already a media circus, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's so many cameras there, not only from the national media, international media, citizen journalists, students. I mean, I had gone to the Iowa caucuses when I was in college. You know many years ago um, and I knew then it was a media circus and maybe it, we had like college press credentials but you didn't nobody right. asked for them you know well I've never I've never seen anything like your film and I, I would actually I was getting angry when I would read a blurb or hear someone say mockumentary because that's it's not right. a mockumentary it wasn't mocking anything it was telling a, a, a fictional story of a, of incorporating a, exactly. factual events yeah. which is it's you know yes Borat probably is the other film that has done this t- for comedic reasons. I liked Borat, you know, I too but it was it. just, you know, totally just trying a new kind of storytelling. Yours is also trying a new kind of storytelling, but with a completely different genre and tone. So for people who might want to tell a story using fat, using real characters, real people mm-hmm. and real events, 
but but weave in, but have but have it a, around a fictional story and fictional characters. What advice would you give them? Let's say that they they want to try this form of storytelling. What what advice would you give them up front? Um, have a lot of money at your disposal <laughs> so you don't have to have 75 house parties where you beg your friends to give them your, the shoes off their feet. I mean, people were, like, nervous to make eye contact with me <laughs> towards, towards the end of the process because they were afraid I'd flip them upside down and see what shook out of their pockets. I mean, it was so hard. We couldn't publicly fundraise. We had to do everything because if the secret had gotten out, the film would have gotten ah, that's true. so you couldn't so, do Kickstarter yes. or anything like do that anything like that right. so that would be my first advice and also I'd say like I think with a with a project like this because there is that that fine line you walk all the time I mean I'm I'd like to think of myself as a nice girl from Iowa I don't yes. want to you know be accused of tricking and you know punking or whatever so I think if you're going to take on a project like that I I, I had searched my heart about it for a while, for a couple of weeks after we first talked about doing this, I was like, are people going to, you know, that's that nice girl. Are people going to be mad at me? Are people going to think my tactics or are our tactics are not, you know, above board or whatever? I would say if it's an important story for you to tell in that manner, then do it. But if that's, if it could be, if we could have told this story and gotten to the bottom of this any other way. We would have, mm-hmm. but this was pretty much the only way to tell that story, I think. Well, I think it's a kind of combination of many things that sort of led to even the idea of this film. Number one was I knew Jane. Mm-hmm. I knew she was a great actress. I knew she could improvise. I have a documentary background. I know how to, you know, we were also playing a role as a, doc- a small documentary film crew. I've done that many times before. Um, we had this experience in Iowa previously. So, you know, we went actually a couple t- once to see if it was even possible. We did our research and, you know, it still could have fallen apart at any moment. So I think if you're crazy and willing to just kind of take a risk <laughs> with no money, I mean, there's so many things that could have gone wrong with this project and um, they didn't. <laughs> they sort of went right in the in really amazing ways. Um, I wish we had had more time. I wish we had had more time to actually you know, get it out there. But um, it was really important that you get it out before yeah. the election. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and talk yeah. about timely. My goodness. Yeah. But you know what I have to say? I really do feel like I, I get so nervous that the exact same thing that happened in 2008 is going to happen again this time where everybody just like brushes themselves off and goes, look at we won again. Woohoo! Yeah. And goes wa- wandering off and spacing off in their corners like liberals do. Mm-hmm. And right now, it couldn't be a more important time to stay engaged because – you know, everything that we – people who are progressive are concerned about, like health care going even further, right? Uh, pulling out of Afghanistan, all the stuff that, you know, we need to – you know, I mean, I want to hold Barack Obama accountable as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like Janine is still out there. She's still suffering. She's still having a very hard time. Everything didn't get magically fixed because Barack Obama got reelected to the presidency. I, I feel like our film could almost not be more important. You know, I mean, right now, 50 states, there are these movements on to secede from the union. Like, I mean, they have filed papers to secede because of his reelection. It's going to be just as much of a wild ride for these next four years. And right. I just feel like our, our film is almost more important now than it is was before the election. Well, where can people see it now? Um, well, for all things related to Janine from Des Moines, you can go to JanineMovie.com. Um, Janine is spelled J-A-N-E-A-N-E. 
janinemovie.com. We're also on iTunes. There's a link there. Um, you can connect us through Facebook and Twitter, all through our website. So the website is the is the main way. We should also at some point have a way for you to download it from our own website, but until then, you can get it on iTunes. So it, Okay, so it's available for you can purchase, and purchase. And on yes. iTunes. Oh, that's good to know. Yep. Yeah. And uh, when you were out in the field, I have two questions. Sure. How many, what was your crew? How many people were there? Obviously, Jane and you were there, and who else was with you? A camera person and a sound person. That's it, four people. A couple times it was me and Jane. <laughs> <laughs> and the very last time uh, when we were in, um, leading up to the caucuses, we had a driver because right. I got to the point where, you know, they were such hectic, crazy days yeah. that I needed that time in between sure. whistle stops, you know, or whatever to, Absolutely. to to sit and collect my thoughts, honestly. And and she gotten a lot of of uh, ca- you know shots of me driving around. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And um, but, but uh, th- one of the times when we were there, it was I, I I I used to joke around with her. I can't act and drive. I can't act and drive <laughs> because I'd have like my phone in my lap giving me directions to where we were supposed to be going, and her asking me questions as the character, and then she'd just go, Jane, and then I'd be like, What? And she'd go like, did you miss that exit? <laughs> oh my God. I just well, we got enough. We got enough yeah. in the summer. So you, she didn't have to drive in the winter. And my, my other question is when uh, when you're trying to get close to the candidates, Mitt Romney or whoever you're trying to get close to, and you're aggressively trying to get up there, who's who's trying to get up there? Is Jane Edith trying to get up there and close? Because you know you, you have to get that for the film. Or was it Janine trying to get up there because she has all these issues that she wants to talk about with this man I, sometimes i don't know when you i'm watching know. the footage I, I'll, I'll watch a moment there's one time where i'm really trying to get to rick perry uh-huh. where i see a look on my face that's so like jane who wants to make this film happen <laughs> panicked because he got away from me yeah they put him behind a curtain like the wizard of oz the second he got done like you there was literally no time it was like he was on the stage and then he was gone he just disappeared and i was so emotionally prepped to yeah. have have a moment with him and then I wandered about looking for him and and I tried to have that moment with his wife and she was you know and then finally I just had a nervous breakdown in front of one of his campaign people like I just couldn't <laughs> stop crying <laughs> but it all works yeah, yeah. It does. I mean yeah. it doesn't matter if you're Jane or Janine That's anybody right. in that situation would feel frustrated yeah, yeah. Sure. is um and how many Janines did you meet out there tons. Tons. tons tons and you know and and you'd have Varying degrees of a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. who's very similar to the character I'm playing. Yeah. Sometimes just real surfacey and about, you know, your kids and cooking and right. stuff like that. And then, you know, I had a couple of uh, really profound conversations about healthcare. This one woman in, in Ames, my hometown at the Hot Wings place in Ames, where we're wait, waiting for Rick Santorum, who she just loved, just unfolds the story about how um, she has. Twenty, you know, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars in emergency room bills just from the last couple months because something's gone a pulmonary problem wow. that's going to be ongoing. Yeah, she's in her late fifties, and she's going to work out a payment plan, and she's going to divorce her husband even though they're in love and put the house in his name. I mean, just wow, and extreme things to to pay these bills. Mm-hmm. Wow, and you just have to stay in character. I can't go here and not accept Obamacare. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it, so. So if there's anything I'm, – I'm really glad that you guys answered this question about what should somebody do and that the first answer was really pay respect to the people that you've brought into it. So what I loved is you were respectful about Janine's character even though 
politically. Jane doesn't necessarily think the same way she does. You were respectful to the people that you brought in, even though they were real people, not realizing they were in a movie because they were simply doing the job that they would normally do. You didn't skew anything. And I think that's important to sort of leave people remembering is that if they do engage in this kind of, of storytelling, to be as respectful as these ladies are <laughs> and to remember that, you know, not everybody, I mean, in this case, we've got political candidates who know that they're in the public world. And as you said, they're campaigning to be president of the United States. And But it is an interesting form of storytelling. And I think that we're going to see more of it, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, as reality shows have become more and more interesting to us. Um, well, uh, you, know. Sh- you know, there's a movie made in 1968 called Medium Cool by uh-huh. Haskell Wexler. Oh, yeah. That is kind of, you know, takes place during the Democratic National Convention. There's a story. Haskell Wexler, the famous cinematographer, made this film, this political film, um, where, you know, the story takes place in the middle of the riots around around that convention. Mm-hmm. So it's not new. Right. It's just not as familiar for people. And I think a lot of people in the documentary world are playing a lot more with this sort of line between fiction and reality. Why so, not? I mean, yeah. it, it's everybody's got an angle or a take or a story they want to tell before they go into some kind of factual mm-hmm. exploration, right? Mm-hmm. So, So this was where you went and you set it in the real world. You know, your locations just happen to be true. I, I was excited watching this. Um, a little trepidatious too. I was like, oh, this is, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's great because I think movies should make you think and feel and ask questions and, and yours did. And, and you know, it take risks. Yeah, yes. and, and um, it's interesting because uh, anybody who wouldn't have wanted to be in the film wouldn't have signed a release. Right. right. So so you just know when you're watching it. And then, you know, like the to me the most pro- one of the most profound moments in the film, you know, unscripted, a real person at the Newt Gingrich thing feels she's obviously somebody who's a little bit left herself. She goes to every political rally that comes to Creston, Iowa. She sees a person suffering. She sees Janine suffering and asking questions about health care and she takes the time to explain uh, how Obamacare can save her life to her. And this is a woman who just, you know, she didn't have to stop down. She didn't have to do that. But it was really important to her. To me, like, a moment like that is pretty golden. And she's really proud of herself for being in the film. Wow, I thought she was an actress. No, no. She's a real person. I thought she was one of yours. Nope. How about that? Well, I also, the reason I want to bring this up, too, is I also want people who are listening to know that, you know, we've done 272 podcasts. This is probably the first one that has, you know, maybe been this sort of politically out there. But also remember that we also did a faith-based podcast, too. You know, I think it's interesting and important to explore all kinds of storytellings all kinds of markets out there, you know, and who knows? We might have we might have a, a documentary documentary fictional film that you know looks at things from another point of view. Um, but I, I I think this is such an interesting project. I just had to have you guys on. So yeah. thank you. And just remember, just you know, be tolerant of other people's views. You may not agree with it, but you should be accepting and tolerant of what other people think. Exactly. And also, I just like want to say... tolerant of all that stuff that you hang up on the wall, you true. know, and the music you <laughs> mm-hmm. listen to. Right. I'm incredibly tolerant. Right. It's like that. Um, well, also, and I also want to... Oh. I, I just want to... Um, uh, you know, since I know Jane, um, and I don't get uncomfortable ever. Yeah. 
but some scenes in this movie I was so uncomfortable because you were so good and I was just like oh my god what's gonna happen here wow you made Pat Francis I was I was like squirming that's my whole goal in life that's is awesome. to make Pat Francis so uncomfortable squirming. yes you did it you did it uh, we should we should also say I, I didn't mention this Janie Dith is the wife of Gary Lucy uh, yes the co-host of uh, my podcast Rock Solid yeah that's right yeah, and, it's all uh, all big circle right, everything actually, comes around and goes around I feel around. like I know you Jane, but this is actually the first time we're actually meeting in real life. I, do you know that? I, I thought so. we've met. We met at something at uh, Kirk of the Valley. Oh, did we? Yes. Oh, you probably did. You did. Go, to, go to Kirk too. I just had a b- bunch of friends that went there, and I went to some oh, fundraiser, and I thought, okay, yes. there you go. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, my mind is going. <laughs> well, it's nice to see you again. It's nice to see you. And uh, and actually, you know, I'm really proud of our husbands. I got to say because <laughs> I'm just going to brag about it. <laughs> they Rock Solid made USA Today's. What is it? it was eight a, top eight. podcast, top, top eight, eight podcast music podcast you should be listening to. Yes. Basically, isn't that great? You yeah, that's pretty cool, baby. That's national. And, and, and can you, I say one last yes, thing? Yes, of course. You're say, closing. If you have any listeners who are conservative mm-hmm. or centrist, or that this makes them uncomfortable, just know that we did a tour, a swing state tour, for like about a month before the election. With our, and we were in every red, red, blue, purpley area of America, basically. Mm-hmm. And when conservatives, Tea Party, right-leaning people came to see this movie, many think is suspecting they wouldn't like it. We never got anybody who didn't who didn't like the film. Interesting. They really liked it. I think people should always see it first. Yes. yes. Then judge. Yes. You know, and you yeah. can be as mad as you want to be. Exactly. <laughs> so so rent the film. Uh, go to say it one more time. Janine uh, JanineMovie.com. JanineMovie.com. J A N E A N E. Anything else that you guys like? Any other websites? Well, one thing I was going to mention also with the what Jane just said. Uh, one of the things we try to encourage people to do because we made this film to start a conversation is, you know, even though the election is over, I still think this film resonates with a lot of Janines in the world. If there is somebody in your life who you may not agree with politically, you should watch this film together because mm-hmm. I think it's an easy way to start that conversation because it doesn't have to be about what you believe or what they believe, but what actually happens to Janine? Can you have a conversation about that? And I think that's, you know, why we made the movie. I think people should film the conversation they have while watching your movie. That's what I think. Send it to us. Put it on our Facebook page. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having thank us you. on. Everybody, uh, remember to go to onthepage.tv, see what's happening here at, at our space in lovely Sherman Oaks. Um, I'm trying to think of where I'll be next. Oh, yeah. Um, I think when this is coming out, I'll probably when when is this coming out next week this is coming out the week after thanksgiving oh yeah okay well if you're listening on a friday Mm -hmm. um i am currently in vancouver go find me okay (laughs) i'm uh, i'm teaching a class in vancouver if you miss that go to my class in seattle which is only a little south of vancouver right and that is going to be december 6th i'm going to be teaching uh, a pitching class there and also the first draft class here in sherman oaks will be starting again in january so this is the time to to sign up for it it's six weeks and you will you will make some major progress on your first draft i promise you where do they go to sign up for that go to on the also go to the facebook page uh on the page on facebook and uh oh i guess you could follow me on twitter if i was a little more exciting yeah i'll like follow you on twitter <laughs> okay. Like, like. You're on Twitter. Okay, so so what's what's your what's your Twitter handle, Jane? Oh, yeah, Jane Edith Wilson. Jane Edith Wilson. At Jane Edith Wilson and Grace? Oh, I have at another Grace Lee. But we also have at Janine Movie. Okay. So. Okay, there you and go. And then Pat? 
I'm at Pat underscore Francis. And go to the Rock Solid Podcast on iTunes. Yep. And everybody out there, have a good writing week. 